everyone and welcome to the Pet Accountant Podcast with me, your host, Vicky Clark. I'm going to help you get to grips with your finances, save you lots of money and take the stress out of doing your tax return. So let's get going. Thank you for joining us. If you're new to us, uh, then we do these lives mostly every week, sometimes with guests, sometimes not. Um, and we talk about various different tax topics, uh, finance topics, or sometimes a bit of a mixture of just business topics in general. Uh, my name is Vicky, and this is Handsome Lee, uh, who is my business partner. And we run the Pet Accountant, which is an accountancy firm dedicated to helping pet professionals. Um, so this week we have a very popular topic, and it's also a positive topic for once, because we had a bit of doom and gloom for the last few weeks. Uh, we have previously spoke about um, tax evasion and tax avoidance. And last week we had what you cannot claim as far as expenses are concerned. Oh, hi, Paul. Um, and this week, a happy topic of what you can actually put in your tax return. Now, we're not going to sit here and tell you how to do your tax return because we'll be here for about six years. And obviously people have got jobs to do, so we can't do that. Um, but we are going to give you some hints and tips of things that you may not necessarily have realised that you can put through. Uh, and some of the more common ones that you might think, oh, Vicky, that's obvious, like Lee did when I reeled them out 10 minutes ago. Um, however, they're not obvious to everybody. Uh, and I know for a fact that some people don't put these things in because um, obviously we deal with people's accounts every day. So... Um, I, what we'll do is we'll do a boring common one, <laughs> followed by Lee's weird and wonderful ones where I don't know where he gets them from half the time. Um, <laughs> say that again. Just make them up. <laughs> Just make them up. Everyone, everyone knows that he does not make them up. He's a bit of a geek, and if he can find something, he will. Right, so I've got my very extensive list. Lee's wrote like an essay. Lee's wrote a book whilst we've been waiting, uh, and I've wrote a little list. Um, we can see who's the most organised out of the two. Um, as always, before we start, if you guys have got any questions whatsoever, please pop them in the comments. We do check them, um, even if it's not necessarily related to this topic, but obviously it'd be good if it was. But any questions you've got, please just whack them in the comments and we will answer them as we go along. So it could be anything personal to you, expense-wise, or just anything tax-wise, and we will help you. So first on my list, which, you know, might be an obvious one to some, but not always, is bank charges. Now, a lot of people um, go and get actual business accounts, uh, which charge them like a five or a month or £6.50 a month. Uh, for the pleasure of having that bank account. And then they don't put those charges in the accounts. Those bank charges are an allowable expense. So please, if you're paying for a bank account, then please put them through your tax return. Um, <clears throat> what about overdraft fees? Yeah, if it's a business bank account, absolutely. Uh, there you, you know, go. The bank account was run for the purpose of the business and, and any fees associated with that account is absolutely allowable. But would that be for specific business accounts or accounts that people are using for business but aren't actually business accounts? That's the fine line. Um, and it depends really whether or not you have personal transactions inside that account. If you can prove that it was just used for business and you went into the overdraft because of the business, then it would be allowable. If you use that business for personal and for business usage, then maybe you need to look at how much is used for business and how much is used as personal, and then maybe only take a proportion of the, 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 the cost that you've been charged by the bank. Um, so not completely ruled out, but the claim would be limited. Limits. There you go. So overdrafts, bank charges, make sure that you include them. Because um, again, that they can be quite hefty, some of these bank accounts. I know people. some people are paying like 20 quid a month for bank accounts. Um, so, you know, that all adds up over the years. So make sure that you put them in um, and don't forget it. Right. Come on, Lee. Give us a weird and wonderful one. You're going to like this one. Um, but personalised personalized number plates. Yes, I want one. <laughs> and I, I looked at this and thought, hang on a second. But if the number plate is advertising your business rather than you personally, 
then why shouldn't it be allowed as a form of advertising? So if you want a personalized number plate and it can match the business and it can advertise the business, help or it through your accounts. But how could it advertise the business so? Um, just because of the way the personalization is on it. So depending on what your business is, you could try and get a number plate that matches that. Or, you know, like you mentioned about tax one and tax two. Well, I'm trying to convince Lee for us to get personal number plates that have a number and then it says VAT and then the same number and tax. And then he said, actually, what was if people think we work for HMRC and then key our car? <laughs> Got a point. Um, so, like, I don't know, like if someone says one, two, three, dog. Potentially. So it, it, it becomes a little bit more complex when you start to add that into the equation, because then it really, really needs to be as close to the business name as possible um, for you to argue the VAT reclaim on it. But generally, a personalised number plate that advertises the business should be no problems at all. Charlotte's put lol, egg your car. Exactly. Can you <laughs> imagine someone's like, you do give me a rebate and like throws loads of eggs at your car. <laughs> Look at that. Um, fabulous. So there you go. So we've got bank charges and personalised number plates. Watch everyone. So what was it last week or the week before? Everyone went to buy Apple watches. Now everyone's going to go out and buy personalised number plate. We should have like um, yeah, Apple shot up that week. <laughs> yeah, we've got shares and number plates as well. <laughs> but yes, people's helping people spend their money. Right. So bank charges, number plates. Um, another one from me, which again, people don't always put through. If you, this is probably going to be more for dog groomers and boarders. Um, but if you buy a Hoover, for example, or a washing machine, because you've got all those dog beds and dog blankets and all the dog hair everywhere, that you obviously don't want to then wash your normal clothes in it because it's going to get covered in dog hair. Then if you've purchased um, a Hoover or a washing machine, then that can be put through as well. So, again, these sort of things, you've got to try and think outside the box um, and think, well, actually, I have bought a Hoover because I've had to Hoover up all the dog hair. I've had to buy a separate washing machine because I have to wash all the dog clothes, blankets, beds and everything. You don't want to get your your personal clothes all muckied up. So that, again... Um, depending on you know what Hoover and washing machine you buy, can be quite substantial. I mean, Hoovers these days are about four hundred quid, um, unless you get those Henry Hoovers. How much are they? Yeah. It's 40, 50 quid. They go, they go up to hundreds. Yeah, they, yeah. So it, it can be a sizable chunk. So again, make sure if you have bought some of those um, over the last twelve months and you put those through. Um, and claims for that back. So that's fab. As <laughs> Daniel's put gin and tonic. Um, not sure if we could put a gin and tonic through. <laughs> Depends on the situation. Um, it, unless you're asking for another reason, Danielle, maybe elaborate if I've uh, misconstrued that comment. Um, we have got a comment, and I'll come back to that one because it's next on my list. So who was in washing machines? If you've got those, you've bought those, then again, put those through. That'll be something else to add to your list of things to purchase by Lee and Vicky. <laughs> So next one on my list is sticking with the car theme at the moment. We've got the ultra low emission zone charges. So um, it was in the group this week and somebody asked whether or not the, the ultra low emission zones charges were allowable business expense. And the short answer is it depends on the reason of your journey. So if the journey is allowable for business purposes, i.e. you're traveling to somewhere that is not a regular place of work, um, a regular place of work is determined whether or not you're going to be visiting that location on a regular basis for more than two years. If you're not and you, you enter one of these zones and you have a charge, um, you can pay it through the business account and it is a business expense. So therefore it's allowable. If you're on a commute, where you're going from your home to a regular place of work and you have to cross one of these zones, it's not allowable because the commute is not allowable either. So therefore, in that instance, it's not a business expense. So if someone was, say, driving to a wholesaler to pick up pet supplies and they have to go through one of those ULES zones, that's an allowable expense? Yes. Okay, fabulous. Well, that was Bill's question uh, from the other day, so hopefully uh, that's answered it. Um, So someone's asked about mobile phones. That was next on the list. 
And again, it's something that people don't necessarily put through. If you have a mobile phone that you use for business and personal, then obviously you're going to have to put a percentage through of that. You can't claim 100% of the bill if you're using it for personal use as well. So again, if it was 50-50, then just put 50% of the bill through. If you've got a business mobile phone, then obviously that's different and you've got a completely separate and it is for wholly for business, then obviously you can put that through as an expense. But I know a lot of people probably have a phone that they use for both uh, and they do their social media and things on it and obviously take bookings and things. So just do a percentage of the bill um, if that's the case. And that was a question. I'm not even going to try and pronounce the name because I'll probably do it wrong. Um, So apologies, but I hope that's answered your question. So again, mobile phones, um, we'll go through. And we've got another great question, but I think Lee's going to cover that. So I'm going to hold off on that one. Um, Right, so we've got bank charges, mobile phones, Hoover's washing machines, low emission zones, and what was the other one you did? Your sound didn't come out then. Personalised number plates. Personalised number plates. Um, So a big buy list, Christmas list uh, for people who are sitting there going, right, Hoover, (laughs) laptop. Um, Right, go on then, Lee, next one for you. Promotional events. I told you I've been researching everything tonight. So promotional events. So basically, if these are different to business entertaining. So if you take a client out and wine them and dine them, that's not allowable. But if you if you put an event on where you are promoting your product and you, for argument's sake, a car salesman decides to put on a track day where people can test the cars. The, the allowable expenses of that would be the cost of the track, the rental of the cars, any products that they had to bring in as part of that day for people to try, um, as well as the insurance costs and all the, the decorations required. What wouldn't be allowable is if they put food on. The food and drink element is not an allowable expense because then we're into the realms of business entertaining. But as a promotional day, if you're looking to have an open day to bring people into your salons, um, all of the costs associated with that, as long as it's not the food and drink side, is allowable. So great way to generate business, certainly if it's passing traffic um, and and one to really think about because you can go all out. Why don't we allow food and drink? Um, It's because when when you talk about food and drink, it then becomes an entertaining cost. And we've got to be careful then whether or not it's client entertaining, staff entertaining, or customer entertaining. Because out of all of those, the only one that is allowed is the staff entertaining, um, which brings me on to one of my other points, which basically means that if you've got members of staff, employees that are paid PAYE on your payroll, you can entertain those and have multiple parties throughout the year as long as the sum of all parties doesn't exceed £150 per employee within the year. So you got 10 employees, you got 1150 quid. So, yeah. Fabulous. So Charlotte's put, so like an agility show for a trainer. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. There you go. Fabulous. A few questions um, from Zoe. I have separate phones, but my work phone is old and only takes calls, texts. I use my personal phone for bookings and social media. Can I also put through percentage of the personal phone? It's it's very difficult um, because HMRC's argument would be if you've got a business phone, why aren't you conducting all business on your business phone? My advice would be upgrades. <laughs> the upgrade cost through as a business expense. So get yourself on whatever website that you want. It doesn't matter whether or not it's um, a brand new one for one of the mobile phone operators. You can go directly to Apple, or if you wanted a secondhand one from um, Enviraphone, for argument's sake, the, the cost of the phone would be an allowable business expense. But not only that, if we separate out the allowable cost side, let's think about this from a, from a mental health perspective as well. You need downtime. And when you start mixing your personal and your business work phones, you'll get text messages, phone calls at all through the times of the day, the nights and the weekends. Having a separate business phone allows you to separate your work and your 
you know, your private life. You can turn the phone off when you're closed. You can knock it off at weekends and you can gain some of that, um, that work-life balance back again. So I'm a big advocate for having two phones, one personal and one business. It, it will make your life better. There you go. Um, Danielle's said, can you buy customers gifts, for example, if their dog passes or they get married, et cetera? Technical answer from HMRC's books. Is- <laughs> Damn them. Why? I suppose it's because it doesn't really help your business. Um, it does. Customer relations. Customer relations, yes. But the problem is, if you think about it, when you buy gifts for somebody, even if it's not a member of staff, it's generally not an allowable expense. So it only becomes allowable if you can make that gift an advertising opportunity. And the last thing that you really want is to give one of your clients that's just lost their dog something that's <laughs> up with your logo and branding all over it. So you walk the really fine line there. Now, that said, personally, if I was doing your accounts and you told me that it was for a, a, a client whose dog had died, I would generally put that down as sundry or advertising, and I would let the odd one go through purely and simply because I think it is good business sense to, to, to give those to your clients. Whether or not HMRC would like that would really depend on whether or not we were taking the nick with the value that we were putting through is the, is yeah. the bottom bit. Some things, we when we look at your accounts, we class things as material and non-material. And, and what we're looking at is if we put that in, would it make a massive difference to your accounts if somebody was looking at them at arm's length? Would they form a different opinion if either we left it in or took it out? And if the answer is no, then generally it's not material and therefore we don't really have to worry about it. Or if it did slide through, it's not a big deal. If it was material and we'd already submitted the accounts, it was in a previous year, we would probably have to resubmit the set of accounts because it was a material difference. Um, so it, it really depends on values. And, and again, that value is different for every business. So for argument's sake, somebody putting 100 quid through is not going to be material for somebody that's turning over £100,000. If you're only doing two to £3,000 a year in business and you put £100 through, that £100 is going to be material because it's a big chunk of that, that free grand for argument's sake. So it really depends on where your business is and the turnover and, and, and how much you're putting through. So technical answer, no. My answer, I would let it slide. Which is a very rare occasion. <laughs> that Lee would actually put something in that HMRC says no to. And again, I think we've mentioned this before. It's very hard with some of these things because some accountants will say yes, some accountants will say no, um, some will be on the fence on various different things. And that's why I think it becomes difficult, especially on social media, when someone says, oh, you know, can I put my gym membership through? Or can I put massages through? And one person from my account says yes. And then someone else goes, well, my account says no. And then the person asking the questions, well, what the hell is the right answer? And sometimes it is hard because what we might take the risk on, another accountant might be might say absolutely not. Um, so it is quite difficult, uh, which is why we try and give you like most of the time the HMRC answer rather than our own personal answer, because then at least you know either way um but it can be a bit tricky with some of them like clothing <laughs> um, which we always argue about and various other things um there's always putting new phones on the shopping list my clients never get my personal number i'm totally with you on that one yet yeah, never give you clients personal number i did that mistake when i first started and i still have clients ringing my personal mobile number um, and I can't really tell them off because it's my own fault for giving it in the first place. But uh, we'll try and wean them off that. But, yeah, never give out your personal number. Um, so, again, customer relations is a backbone to small businesses. We thank our clients often and always acknowledge when a dog passes, they come back uh, when they have a new puppy because we looked after them. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and I think that just goes with what Lee said. So, we, you know, the odd one, as long as it's not thousands of pounds, um, is absolutely fine. Right. What have I got on my very extensive list? Uh, <laughs> Lee was laughing at. The thing is, people don't always put these on, so you know this is you've got to you've got to say these ones right. Accountancy fees um, and software. 
Again, if you have an accountant or a bookkeeper, um, their fee generally nine times out of 10 is going to be an allowable expense. So if you're sat on the fence thinking, oh, I don't know whether I have an accountant, it is an allowable expense. Um, so just remember that. And also any software fees. So if you've got uh, QuickBooks or uh, Free Agent or Zero or Savvy um, or Tuft or you know all of the other ones, then make sure that you're putting those down on your expenses because they are allowable. I know a few people when I've been doing their accounts haven't put those in. So just remember accountancy fees, bookkeeper fees, uh, and any software fees at Canva, for example. Microsoft Office, that's another one that people don't put through. You pay, what, 60 quid, is it, a year for Microsoft Office? Uh, it depends on which one you buy him. Well, okay, well, from 60 quid. Yeah, from um, ours is about £120 per member of staff. What? Well, get rid of it. Don't. Who needs Microsoft Excel? <laughs> Uh, well, there you go, or 120 quid. Um, again, all of that stuff, people don't necessarily think to put through, um, and that can be a lot of money. Um, there's other one, there's Canva, and there's another one. Like we've got to buy oh. a we've got to get a new computer. <laughs> well, yeah, new laptops for business. Uh, Adobe, some people use Adobe software. Um, all of that sort of thing, make sure you're putting that through, because, again, it might only be... 10 15 quid a month but that'll soon add up over the year uh, website fees yes see sandra website fees you know you pay someone to do your website your website hosting all of that stuff will go through um the internet uh we tend to put broadband sandra in with our utilities calculation um but again uh, that can go through external social media schedulers oh like um i don't even know what they would be but i'm guessing so a consultancy which is one on my list <laughs> is it or yeah. like um calendly people pay for calendly um or cartra um all of those crm systems that you have to pay for all of that sort of stuff is an allowable expense um so external social media schedulers i'm going to go if that's a yes yeah so um consultancy fees you could have anything from your external social media side you could have a hr representative or perhaps you pay for a business mentor that that provides you with you know different aspects of helping you run your business and and through ideas and things. So a consultancy fees in that terms is an allowable expense. So certainly that those are no problems at all. Fabulous. There we go. Um, but good one, Sandra. Thanks for reminding me of that because we wouldn't have put that in. But again, it might seem obvious to some other people, but again, people don't necessarily um, think about it. Um, I bought a drill to hang shells last week. Does that go through? Ooh, good question. Um, does it go through as a capital expense? Yeah. I'm right. Okay. So it depends on the value of the drill, in all honesty. Uh, and it <laughs> depends on how big your business is and what other assets you've put through. So once you decide on a capitalization level, so that is the minimum amount an item should cost before you class it as a capital item. Now, the general rule is it has to be more than 100 pounds. It needs to last longer than 12 months and it should be something that is going to be used within the business. So generally I would say a drill, depending on the value of it, I mean, you can pick a drill up for 50, 60 quid. You can pick a drill up for six, 700 quid. As a dog groomer, boarder, walker, what have you, I would generally say if you're working from home and you try to put a drill through, I'd be very sceptical because I don't think that drill is purely going to be used just for your work stuff. If you have kennels on commercial premises and you buy a drill, then we can argue a little bit more that that drill could be put through and could be claimed. Um, would I capitalize the drill? I would, gen personally speaking, I don't capitalize anything unless it's more than 250 quid. And if the business is doing 50, 60, 70,000, I don't capitalize anything below 500 quid. So depending on the price of your drill, I would probably put it under equipment expensed. In, in, in the profit and loss account rather than on your, your balance sheet and then claiming capital allowances for it. If she can claim it, though. If you can claim it. <laughs> if you can claim it. Um, but no, very, again, another good question. Um, 
Eleanor's put, I have a business mentor. Can I include her fees? Um, yes, on the proviso that the business mentor is helping you generate business and not providing you training that you didn't have before. So if they're enhancing the skills that you have and helping drive the business forward, then that's an allowable business expense. Um, if they're there holding your hand and providing you with brand new training so that you can do different aspects of business, then that would really fall under a training course and not generally be allowable because you're learning a new skill. So it depends on the service that they're providing you for, for that. So why, I've always wondered, why DHMRC not allow you to claim an expense for a new skill? So the argument is, when you've got to learn the new skill to be able to do business, you're, you can't do the business without it. And therefore, that's the not allowable bit. Whereas if you're competent in what you're doing and you're, and you're offering a service and you want to enhance that service, reinforce your knowledge, or just maintain it to current standards, and that could be a requirement in some sectors, that would then become a, a, an allowable expense because mm -hmm. it's required and, and for you to maintain that, that level of, of service, like accountants. Our initial training is not allowed, um, but our ongoing training as that we have to do our CPD every year, and we have to do 30-odd hours a year of, of, of minimum CPD, those costs are generally allowable unless we, for argument's sake, if we wanted to train and become a, um, a specific um, chartered tax advisor, then that would be a new branch of services that we could offer. That training wouldn't be allowable as a, as a, as a, an allowable expense. Fabulous. So, it's another one that I don't really agree with because surely should be encouraging people to, you right. know, you know, train and open their own business and make the you know grow the economy but actually they're like well if you want to do that we're not going to let you have that as an allowable expense look at it from this way though if you're a course junkie and you just like doing courses <laughs> and you can claim all these other allowable expenses but you have no intention of opening a business or making a profit but you're using the training courses to offset your, your payroll tax for argument's sake then where would hmrc get their money so it, yeah, but that's an extreme though. Like if someone wanted to be a dog groomer and they were paid for one dog grooming course and never done dog grooming before, and let me say, let's just say they were unemployed for six years, and but they're not allowed because some wanker will put every course through and ruin it for everybody else, so then they don't like it. Beep, 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 sorry, beep, beep. Um, but it just doesn't make sense. Like they should be encouraging people to do it, yet they won't allow you. Obviously, if you take the piss, and fair enough, but. One dog room course, which costs like seven grand, again, for me, should be an allowable expense, but there we go. <laughs> um, hello, Katie. Uh, Sandra has put canine first aid course. I would allow that. Yeah, I, I, I just think that the canine first aid course, you're, unless you're training to deliver a canine first aid course to other businesses, I would class that as CPD because you need to know if you have an accident with a dog, what it is that you need to do. Um, so you're not selling the course to your clients. It's something that you would use in the course of your day-to-day -day work. And that's no different if you're an employer and you need a first aid course because of the number of people that you've got employed for you. That first aid course is also an allowable expense. Yeah. So, so Danielle's just put, ha ha, joined as the beep, beep, beep. <laughs> yeah. I know it, <laughs> Occasionally, Danielle, one does slip out. Uh, I apologise in advance. Um, here's a health warning for any bad language. Um, oh, Natalia put it froze midway talking about capital expenses. In all honesty, Natalia, we will probably do a live on capital expenses. Um, for those of you who are interested in it, it's not the most exciting of topics. And it, it is quite technical and quite hard to explain in an easy way without using all the technical jargon, but we will try. And if we do get a lot of questions about capital expenses, so maybe uh, possibly not next week because we're going to be in America, but maybe the week after we'll do one on capital expenses um, just because I know a lot of people ask about that. And it, it is quite hard um, to, to discuss it in this because it, we could honestly talk about two hours and, and we'd need to go in depth. Um, so. 
yeah, we, we will put that on on the agenda. Um, this is the first live I've joined. Can we rewatch some? You both are so helpful. Oh, we try. Thank you very much. Um, you can uh, the Pet Accountant Podcast, which you can get on most platforms. If you just type in the Pet Accountant Podcast, you can listen to all the previous ones. Um, Tony's put would initial to our website and scroll to the bottom. <laughs> oh yeah, or go to the website www.petaccountant.co.uk and scroll to the bottom um, if it isn't easy. Why are you shaking your head? People can go into Spotify and put your type in the pet oh, accountant. Go look, go find, go search. It's like just go to the websites there. All right, go to the website. So he's had his funny juice today. Uh, right, from Tony, would initial training come under set of costs in that instance? No, because the initial training is what we're on about. That's not the allowable expense. So You're not allowed, Tony. It's a joke. Yeah. It's an absolute joke, but fortunately, there we go. Um, yeah, we've done those. Thank you so much for discussing. Is this so helpful? No problem, Eleanor. Um, oh, did you see my question about mortgage interest payments? Now, mortgage interest payments, no, we didn't. Uh, we again put those in our utilities uh, calculations. Um, and again, if you're someone who doesn't have an accountant or a bookkeeper who is doing their own tax return, then that is what our utilities calculator was for. So again, you can purchase that on the website um, and it takes into account gas, water, electric, home insurance, mortgage interest, broadband. Um, have I missed one? Uh, I'm just going to say... When we talk about mortgage interest, we're on about now where you're a sole trader working from home. It is different to if you are a landlord trying to claim mortgage payments on one of your rental properties. Mm. Um, it's very, very different in the way that the mortgage interest is treated. So please be careful with that. Um, the, the, the calculator is designed for sole trader working from home, your home, not rental properties. There you go. So again, if you want to purchase that, it'll basically tell you what figure to put in your uh, tax return uh, for your utilities and will encompass all of those things that we, I've just listed. Um, really, really great tool if you're doing your accounts yourself and has saved people hundreds of pounds. Uh, we do get emails of people that say, oh my God, you know, you've literally saved me like 800 quid. Because um, especially for dog boarders and groomers that work from home, it's going to be a massive chunk. Um, and it's money that you might necessarily miss out on if you don't do it properly. So utilities calculator, again, you can purchase off the website. Um, I think I might have, oh yeah, Katie. Again, we may discuss this in the capital ones, but we could possibly touch on it. Um, what about vehicles that are used for both personal and business, but it's on finance? Also, can you claim expenses on the car that you're paying off? Right, so... It depends on whether or not you put the vehicle through the books to start with. So if you claim the initial cost of the vehicle as a business expense and you wanted to put that through the accounts, you would have to limit the claim based on the, the business and the personal use of it. But if you put the vehicle purchase through the business, you must claim actual expenses in relation to that vehicle. So that means that for every fuel receipt, don't take them out because it's like put one in, miss one to, to account for personal business use. Put every single receipt for the vehicle through um, fuel, MOTs, servicing, repairs, uh, you name it. It must go through tax, uh, insurance. It all must go through. At the end of the year, you then have to adjust each of those figures to account for the fact that part of that is personal use. So you restrict the amount that you claim on those vehicle expenses at the same ratio that you you disallowed part of the initial cost of the of the vehicle. It's quite complex, and which is why we'll cover it in another another session. But ultimately, it doesn't matter where you pay it from, uh, whether it's your business account or your personal account. You can still claim it if you're using software. Use free agent, and you can use the out of pocket expense category. Uh, and I think Maria. Uh, so Natalia, um, same with yourself as well. If there's something that you want to claim in your accounts that didn't go through your business bank account, add it as an out-of-pocket expense in free agent. But just remember, you can't claim the full cost of mortgage interest. It is only based on a proportion of the space that you're using, which is where our utilities calculator comes into play. 
Yeah, so again, Natalia, if you're struggling with that stuff like broadband, gas, electric, water, again, that's where the calculator will come in handy. Um, is it'll calculate it for you, and then you can add that to free agent. Um, again, with the car and van situation, it's very complicated to try and explain uh, sometimes, which is why we always say, you know, if you spend a lot of money on vehicles, it might be worth actually getting an accountant, even if you just use us to calculate it for you initially and do the tax return and then you can carry it on because again that can save you hundreds of pounds in your tax bill it could make the difference if you don't do it properly so again just food for thought it doesn't have to be us even you know if you've got someone else um just maybe think about that if you have spent a lot of money on vehicles uh, it might be worth paying someone to do it so you know it's been done properly um so always put tea coffee milk uh for staff and clients my next one <laughs> Don't forget about the biscuits. And the biscuits. Yes. Staff buying milk. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> coffee biscuits um, is allowable if you've got premises where your clients come to. So that's absolutely fine. Um, I've got a couple more. What I'll do is I'll run through them quite quickly because I'm conscious that time's getting on a little bit as well. Um, so if there's any questions over the ones I'll, I'll, I'll come across, by all means, put them in the group, ask away, and we'll, we'll come back to them. So... The next one is parking parking costs. So if you go somewhere and you and it's a business trip and you incur a parking cost, um, that's allowable. If you incur a parking fine, that's not allowable. So it's easier to pay for the parking and don't get fined, and then that's an allowable business expense. Um, finance costs in relation to business loans. So if you have a loan, um, the loan is made up of two parts. It's the capital repayment, the bit that you borrowed, and you've also got the interest that they charge on top. So with regards to that, any of the loan interest that you're paying it above and beyond your loan, you can put that through as an allowable business expense as well. So uh, that's a great one if you are buying things on finance for the business. So Next one is staff entertaining. I think we covered this very, very briefly, but basically £150 per head per year and then there's no additional benefit in kind charges or additional taxes on the employees. Um, and that's every single year refreshes every April for yourselves. Um, travel to a temporary place of work. So any journey that you have to take, whether that be via car, train, bus, plane, doesn't matter. If it's a temporary place of work and you've got to get there, it is an allowable business expense. So keep the receipts, put it private jet, uh, potentially. <laughs> And just those who, when I mentioned months ago about our Spanish retreat, still in here, <laughs> which would be an allowable expense because we're doing business stuff. <laughs> so three-day Spanish retreat, 2024. So much but business. It, yeah, it's going to be a business few days, but also get sun and it's an allowable expense. So what more could you want? <laughs> So next one is if you have employees, so two, two expenses if you've got employees. First one is their pension costs. If you've got to contribute into a pension because the employee is asked to be enrolled or they have met the automatic enrollment, any pension cost that you have to pay as an employer is an allowable expense. Next one is if you want to give the employee a little bit of a benefit um, and rather than raising their wages for argument's sake, you can provide them with a mobile phone contract. Each employee can have one mobile phone contract. You can cover the costs of that mobile phone contract and the employee has no additional taxation to pay. And that's an allowable expense to you. So one to think about if you want to give a, a good employee a little bit of a perk, mobile phone contract. Um, Next one is, again, if you've got children, usually between 13 and 14, but certainly under the age of 16, if they help out in your business, whether they clean at the weekends, you give them a bit of pocket money, um, you can class that as a business expense as long as it is a genuine business-related task that they're doing. So if they help bathe dogs, if they help walk dogs, if they help check customers in and out when you've got kennels and, and doing the, you know, the boarding or the cleaning out of the kennels, the money that you pay the children, you can class as a business expense. Please be careful. There are specific rules around young workers. And in some councils, they restrict that, that work. But you've got to remember, you can't inflate the money that you're giving them. It has to be a realistic wage for the work that they're doing. Um, 
So you can't say, well, my son's worked 10 hours and I've paid him 20 grand. It would have to be realistic. <laughs> so certainly pocket money, low value amounts every week, week in, week out. If they're helping with the business, perfectly allowable. The important thing is, is that you keep a record of it so that we know that we can put that through your accounts. Um, this is good if you take it out of your business account rather than paying cash. Um, obviously, you may have to take it out of a cash machine so that we can see it. But again, keep a record of it and we can claim it as a business expense. So there's a couple of hundred quid there easily. Um, next one is because we all work in uh, the digital world, you may have to keep digital records of your customers. Whenever you keep digital records or even written down records, you might fall into the category of having to register your business with the information commissioner's office, which is basically telling them that you are a data controller. It costs 40 quid. It's a legal requirement, but the cost is an allowable expense. Um, good one. I got loads, man. Got another good <laughs> Pat also said, can you make it a week? I mean, I'm down, Pat, to make it a week. <laughs> I'm not sure we'd have enough content to fill a week, <laughs> but we could certainly try. Um, and oh, um, Nata- Natalia's put love you accents. <laughs> <laughs> the often vow. <laughs> There's a, a Welsh and a no, and northeast. Yeah, goes well together. <laughs> Next one is my f- is is one of my favourite ones. So, music license. A lot of people try to put the the um, Spotify or the Apple Music or the um, uh, what's the other one? Um, oh, can't think of it. Amazon Amazon Prime subscriptions through. Unfortunately, they're not designed for commercial use. So so if something's not designed for commercial use and you try to claim it as a business expense, it's not allowable. But if you listen to music in the workplace, whether it be on a radio um, or a streaming service of, of some description, you must have a license in place to allow that to take place because you've got to pay royalties. There are a couple of companies out there that do it, but if you do that, um, then the, the music license itself is an allowable expense and you can put it through the business and then you can legitimately listen to music where customers can hear it, absolutely fine, no problems at all. Now, where I say where customers can hear it, if you have it on in the back room and you answer the telephone because somebody's called you for an appointment and they can hear that music in the background, you're breaking the law if you don't have a music license. So be very, very careful if you're listening to music, get a license. If it's out of the way of customer's earshot, you should be fine. Just double check. But it is an allowable expense. Again, that's probably one that not many people have realised. I certainly didn't realise that a while ago. So, um, right, just a few questions then before we go. Uh, Elmer's put, can I claim daily food allowance when I'm staying at a client's home as I stay there during the day and overnight? Pets it We've had this one before, and this is where it becomes really, really difficult, and the lines are so blurred. My general feeling with this is if you are staying one night away in that person's house, then it would be reasonable for you to have to get some food to eat. If you are there for an extended period of time because the person's away, such as, you know, three to two, three days to two weeks, it would be unreasonable for that person not to allow you to use their facilities at home to cook in which case there is no difference between you buying food for being at home to you buying food to where you're staying and therefore i would say in that instance the daily food would not be allowable so it really comes down to the situation and where you're staying to with regards to whether or not that would be allowable and we have to take that one on really on a case-by-case basis because it is such a blurred line between overnight business trip and the type of job that you've got now i it is very very rare that i come across anybody that says i'm staying at a client's house looking after their pets and they've told me i'm not allowed to use their kitchen usually once i've done it when i was younger when i was looking after people's dogs they would say, help yourself, there's food in the cupboard, whatever's in the fridge, just, just help yourself. And, and, you know, this is how you use the microwave, this is how you use the oven. In those instances, you would be expected to provide your own food. And, and therefore, you have to eat. It's part of life. 
it's a personal thing, not a business thing. So takeaways and other bits and pieces in that case, I, I wouldn't be allowable, unfortunately. Boo. No. <laughs> um, hats, but how do I know if I need to apply for that data thing? Oh, see, now you're testing me. But you go to the ico.org uh, and there's a quick survey that you can do that you fill in the questions and it will tell you whether or not you are exempt or if you have to register. There you go. I don't want to miss Tony's question. Um, so he's put, this is going back to your kids one. Um, okay. And if you've just joined, that's going to sound really weird. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. um, so we can pay for the kids, but not our volunteers who support Once in a Blue Moon for emergency planning. So you've got to remember, so kids are below a certain age. Anybody below the age of 16 doesn't have to go on a payroll. Anybody that's over the over the age of 16 that earns over £123 a week and doesn't have any other form of income um, can be put through yourselves without a payroll being run. But if they exceed £123 a week or they have other employment, you must run a payroll and you must report it to HMRC. There you go. Natalia's um, just put, does Lee know the answers to everything accountancy related? Yes, he is like a human encyclopedia. Uh, you can ask him the most obscure questions and he will know the answer to. So he's, uh, he's very good to have on the other end of the telephone, um, <laughs> even though I know half the time he's going to say no. Um, I ask him anyway, but yes, he is a human encyclopedia uh, for anything accountancy related or anything flying a plane related. Um, <laughs> so got any questions about flying a plane? He's a guy. <laughs> um, I, I can't remember things exactly, but as like we go through studies and bits and pieces, I can recall that there was something relating roughly to it. So I will know where to look and I will remember parts of it that that I can recall quite easily. So it's um it's really weird. Yeah, I get I get some funny looks across the office when people are staring at me blackly saying, how the hell do you remember? So. Uh Natalia said it's her mission uh to catch you out one day on something <laughs> that you don't know. I don't it's never happened yet. I genuinely don't know. Well the fence one was one that caught you out. Yeah, so I had, we, I Google that one. Yeah, we have to Google. He flies planes. Yeah, don't he flies planes even though he gets airsick. So I don't really know how that works. But uh, <laughs> um, right, we've had quite a lot of questions. So thank you so much for everyone. Um, it does make it a lot better when we've got actual live questions that are going to help people with their accounts. Uh, so thank you so much. I know we've covered quite a bit. Um, like I said, you can get these from the podcast, uh, and you find the link on the website. Um, which is just petaccountant.co.uk. Um, if you want to listen back, like I said, we've done th- expenses that you can't have. We've done tax avoidance. Um, uh, you know, we've done loads. Uh, payroll, difference between limited company and sole trader, anything you can possibly think of, we've probably done a podcast on it. Um, so it's worth a look if you've got anything specific that you want answers to. We will factor in the capital allowances one. Um probably the week after next next week, uh, myself and me will try and do a live, depending on the time difference. Um, but... Travelling. Will we? On the Wednesday? Yeah. Ooh, yeah, we might be. If we, if we can, we will do it. Uh, and we'll let you know. Um, but we are travelling to America uh, next week to go to the grooming expo out there and also um hook up with some other american accountants um for a little thing we have in the pipeline so we may not be here next week but we will try if we can get on and um, we get wife out of the plane these days we'll just do it from the plane <laughs> um yeah that'd be that'd be entertaining um so if not then next week the week after next we'll do one on capital allowances as always um if you want to come on board as a client then please email us um it's either vicky or lee and then just put at thomasandclark.co.uk 
Um, and obviously go through to one of us or admin at thomasandclark.co.uk. Again, the utilities calculators are out there uh, for you guys to use, so please look it up if you're doing your accounts yourself. We also have accounting packs on the website as well. If you're not too, uh, you don't want to use software, then you can use the accounting packs. And if you are new to business, all of this stuff that we talk about in the podcast, we have put into a course. So if you have no idea what you're doing with as far as business goes, as you know, expenses, record keeping, HMRC, all of that, then the course again is available on the website, the new business essentials course, which has also been approved by IPET and will get you some PDR points. Um, so again, we have stuff out there for you guys if you get stuck. Um Natalia Pot, I hope they understand their accents. Well, it's probably the other way around, really. We've got to get there first, which involves me and Lee driving on the wrong side of the road in America that has like 10 lanes per carriageway. So if we don't see us the week after next, we're still stuck in America, <laughs> going round and round in circles. Um, but yes, uh, thank you very much, as always, for the participation. I hope you've enjoyed this week's live. Uh, hopefully we'll see you next week. And, and I will always uh, keep you updated on our uh, Spain business trip. Before we go, Pat, in answer to your question, if it's a security fence, yes. If it's not a security fence, then no. Yeah, again, Pat, it was, it was a contentious subject for a good three or four days about fences. Uh, we should probably get out more, in fairness, but uh, there we go. But yes, thank you very much. Any questions, again, just pop them in the group, drop us an email, uh, and we'll try and help where we can. Uh, we are closing our books as of tomorrow, so uh, tomorrow's the last day to get in uh, before uh, we close them. Not sure when we're going to reopen them, because obviously it's quite busy. Um, but yeah, let us know, and uh, we will keep you updated with everything very soon. All right, guys. So thank you very much. Um, and we will speak to you guys later on. Take care all. Bye-bye. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed my podcast, don't forget to subscribe for me. And if you want to speak to me, please visit my website at www.petaccountant.co.uk. And if you'd like to join my Facebook group, which is full of like-minded pet professionals, then search Accounting for Pet Professionals in Facebook and I will see you there.